Hey, what's going on, Swag fans? It is your truly TJ Jones, and welcome to the very first edition of the State of the Swag Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. And I want to give a special shout out to everybody that's listening across all platforms. This is streaming live right now on the State of the Saints podcast, the, the State of the Game podcast, and also the State of the Swag podcast that is also on Facebook.com. So not going to really be talking about the New Orleans Saints on this edition, uh, but if you want to chime in, you want to talk a little bit about swag football, feel free to do so. And also in the meantime, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're not going live on the State of the Swag Podcast YouTube channel just yet because it's just starting out and it takes uh, a day in order for it to go live. So want to talk a little bit about the swag and I know a lot of people are probably asking themselves, especially those that, that follow the State of the Saints and the State of the Game podcast, you know, why did I choose to do a State of the Swag podcast? Well, first and foremost, uh, anybody that's been following any podcast I've done, you know that I am a proud graduate of the Jackson State University. That's right. I am a tiger through and through, man. So love the Jackson State University Tigers, man. Always got a rep for Jackson State, but I got to love the swag as well. You know what I mean? I got roots, especially growing up in New Orleans, uh, the Bayou Classic, Southern playing Grambling. You know, that was an annual event. It was always something that I, I had to watch on television during Thanksgiving when I was growing up as a kid. I remember some of those, you know, legendary uh, games with, you know, the great Eddie Robinson as the head coach. And, you know, I mean, I just remember some of those games. You know, I, I, I am a lover of swag football. And, you know, also, I just feel like it needs a little bit more representation. You know, there are some podcasters and people that's covering swag sports, but I don't think that people really have a lot of passion behind it. It's kind of like, oh, let's just talk about this. I want a very interactive show focusing on swag football. But got to talk about today. Got to talk about the Bayou Classic. Uh, <laughs> wasn't really a game, man. It was an absolute embarrassment. I mean, they, I mean, Southern put Gramlin behind the woodshed, man, and smacked him around a little bit. I mean, this was just complete domination, 49 to 7. Uh, Southern uh, dominated this game. I mean, it's pretty clear and pretty evident that Grambling uh, wasn't ready for prime time. A lot of things were going on at Grambling. Wasn't sure they were actually going to play in the spring. Uh, their starting quarterback, Higginbottom, actually uh, entered the transfer portal. And they had another quarterback out there, Elijah, you know, Elijah Robinson or Elijah Smith. Uh, he was out there playing. Did all right job, man. But Southern's defense is a beast, all right? I mean, those, they get home with their front four. You know, usually teams have to do like exotic blitzes and all that kind of joints there in order for them to order to get home. Mm -mm, not Southern. Led by Jordan Lewis, the guy who is leading the nation in sacks, who I feel like eventually is going to play on Sunday. I mean, they, man, they got after that quarterback. I mean, I haven't seen that much efficient tackling in the swag in quite some time. I mean, these guys... They, they know their assignments. They communicate with one another. And if they get their hands on you, you're going down on the ground. There ain't going to be no missed tackles going on at Southern University. You got to give credit uh, to, to Coach Odoms, uh, who's done an outstanding job. And Southern, you all better keep a close eye on Coach Odoms. I'm telling you, the way he has that team going, uh, somebody's going to be ringing his phone. And I'm talking about from Division One football. 
somebody's going to be calling this guy up and, and, you know, I mean, calling him up and seeing if he'd be interested in possibly leaving Southern, man, to coach D1 football. He has done an outstanding job at getting these guys together. And who would have thought, man, it all started. He was the interim coach. He, he, they didn't even know if he was going to be the coach permanent. But he did such a good job with the guys. And all of a sudden, you know, they decided to make it a permanent thing. And the rest is history. But Grambling has a lot of work to do. Uh, I mean, my my goodness, what a couple years make. I remember when Grambling uh, was playing in the Celebration Bowl, you know, playing against North Carolina A&T, you know, uh, winning uh, one year, losing the next. I, I remember those days, but hopefully they can get it together, man. But this is not what you need. I mean, Southern had 500 total yards of offense, 500 total yards to, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Grambling had 208 yards. And the, the player of the game and MVP uh, was Ladarius Skelton for the third straight time. Third straight time. This guy has won three MVPs of the Bayou Classic, man. That, I know that's a record. And I know he has to be happy. I mean, a very pedestrian day. And he didn't even finish the game, man. They put in quarterback John Lampley uh, to play the game. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know what, what they were critiquing it on. I, I really don't know. I mean, to me, I would have gave it to the uh, wide receiver, Howard, who was catching everything. I mean, this guy was out there. Man, I mean, he was out there giving the secondary of Gremlin that work. Okay. Every time I seen that guy, I seen him making plays. And but Skelton, you know, he, he did what he did, and you know, they gave him the MVP. I think you probably could have gave the MVP to that defense. You could have picked anybody you wanted to. It, I mean, take your pick, all right. Um, but that defense was flying around, they did an outstanding job 49 to 7. Uh, hopefully, man, Southern can keep some of the guys that you know that are supposed to be graduating seniors, you know, because of all this COVID 19 stuff, they're giving them the option to come back. So I don't know if guys are going to want to come back, you know, and play one more time at Southern. But, I mean, if you can boost your draft stock and get opportunity to possibly play on Sundays, why not? Um, I think that they have something special there. It doesn't look like they're going to go to the SWAC championship uh, due to the fact that uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff end up winning today. Uh, they end up knocking off uh, Prairie View and A&M, and Arkansas Pine Bluff beat them. So it looks like Arkansas Pine Bluff are going to make their way to the SWAC championship representing the SWAC West. And as of right now, uh, as the making of this uh, podcast, Alabama A&M and Alabama State are going at a 7-7 for a shot uh, to represent the East, uh, you know, in the SWAC championship. But it looks like Arkansas Pine Bluff making their way. They get the victory over Prairie View A&M by a score of 36-31. That was a close game. Uh, Don't really have the stats because it was hard for me to find them, but I mean, both teams are really, really good this season. Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, really doing a good job offensively. Uh, This is a team right here that is battle-tested. They do what they have to do to win. Uh, They got the victory earlier in the season over Southern. And as you can see, you know, those wins matter. You know, you you got to win the game. you got to make sure that you put your best product on the field. Southern got it all together, you know, as, as the season went on, but it was too little too late you know that's why you know when you go into those games especially in college football you got to make sure that you're playing your best I mean you end up you know dropping a ball you end up missing opportunity at the championship and I guarantee you that Southern wish they were playing the way they are right now uh, in that game that they played against Arkansas Pine Bluff but if they can get the guys back if 
Coach Odoms can talk these guys into coming back and to running it back again, I think that it's going to be very, very special. And even if some of those guys decide not to come back, you know, it, they still have a young defense. A lot of those guys are very, very young. And what Southern does is they do a lot of rotations. You know, they rotate the defense. So you get guys fresh. I mean, it, was, it wasn't, a, a, you know, the same guy getting to the quarterback over and over again in a game against Gramlin. I mean, it was just it was <laughs> sacked by committee. You know what I'm saying? It's like these guys were high-fiving each other. You know what I'm saying? Like it seems like when Gramlin sees one guy get a sack, they try to double that guy, and then somebody else comes running free. So, I mean, they got a good rotation there. Uh, Coach Odoms, outstanding job. Southern, I'm telling you, I am telling you, Southern fans out there, you might want to keep him in the basement locked up because, I mean, all these games that you're having on national TV this season and people seeing this defense flying around, Coach Odoms might be getting some phone calls really, really soon. But uh, it looks like, like I said, Arkansas Pine Bluff representing the West and the winner of this game, AM State. Uh, shouts out to all the people out there in Alabama. Got to give a shout out to all the folks out there. My wife, uh, who is from Montgomery, Alabama. I don't know if she represents state. She went to Tuskegee. But nevertheless, uh, man, good luck to those guys. I know it's going to be an exciting game. It's tied at seven uh, as of right now, as I know. But want to see what you all have to say. And once again, you know, I, I'm, I'm broadcasting this live across a lot of the platforms that I focus on different things. Uh, the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, that's what you know. My my, that's my bread and butter. That's my <laughs> that's my baby right there. You know, I focus on New Orleans Saints. Thank you to all the viewers of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, thank you all for checking out the State of the Swag and also the State of the Game and all the, the members that just joined the Facebook page for the State of the Swag. Thank you all so much as well. But feel free uh, to put all uh, your comments down here. All right. Your boy Jay says, as a Southern fan, today felt good. Yeah, your boy Jay. I mean, look, y'all been dominating this series, man. And it's amazing, man, how close this series is. Okay, Southern just went up 24 to 23 over Gramlin. I mean, it seems like Gramlin will win three, Southern will win three. You know, then Southern are going to look like they about to win three. And then who knows what Gramlin is about to do. This is one of the most close-knit series i've ever seen in my entire life man this this is some close stuff right here so i can imagine like as a as a fan and as a as an alumni or, or a student at both schools i know you have to be excited every time this game goes around you know like i said i got a little bit of an emotional investment in this game because i grew up in new orleans i was born and raised in the night ward in new orleans and i definitely know what the bayou classic means i know what it meant i remember like being a kid you know, warning, hoping, praying that one day I can actually get to a Southern versus Grambling game inside of the Superdome. I was able to get to a two-lane game. I was able to go uh, to that magical uh, two-lane of, you know, football season where they went undefeated with Sean King was their, was their quarterback, but never got an opportunity uh, to go to a Southern versus Grambling game. But I always watched it on TV and it was always exciting to watch. And I know as, like I said, as fans of both schools, I mean, to know that that series is that close, I mean, you you have to uh, be excited every time that game is played. Uh, Southern just destroyed them. Kenterio, absolutely. I mean, it was just total destruction. I mean, it was, it was that was a massacre. Now, I didn't expect Gramlin to win because Gramlin is not very good this season. I mean, they stink. I mean, you got to put them up there. Uh, with Valley, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> which is a, a, a whole different can of worms. But 
they just aren't good, man. They, they've been dealing with a lot of problems all season long. Uh, credit to Coach Fives uh, getting those guys to play. Um, you know, I've I, I seen that there were parts in the game where they just they didn't quit, man. It was just the fact that Southern just had more talent on the field, and there was nothing they can do. They just ran into a buzzsaw, plain and simple. Uh, uh, DC says, uh, Prayer View AMU. Yeah, man, Prayer View. Uh, man, I can appreciate Prayer View because Prayer View is one of those teams that, uh, for a long time back in the day, man, they sucked. I think they went like nine years without winning a football game. I think between like the, the early 90s, weren't very good, but now, man, it seems like they have turned the corner. You know, I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, they actually uh, won the swag. I remember, you know, saying they started to get better recruits. Uh, they got more talent. Uh, I remember actually going to the Cotton Bowl game, you know, when I was staying out in Dallas, Texas, when they uh, took on uh, Grambling. So, I mean, they had some talent out there on the field, man, when I had the opportunity to check them out. So it's unfortunate, man. They, they aren't going to represent the West this year. But, I mean, it's still a very positive season. It's something that you can actually build on. You know, all the different things that the, the SWAC and, you know, saying FCS schools are dealing with uh, during COVID and playing in the spring uh, for them to, you know, play the way that they have uh, in this short season. I mean, that's the type of momentum you can bring to the fall. And who knows, man? I mean, this might be your opportunity to represent the West, uh, you know, especially like since you have Alcorn who set out for, you know, an entire uh, year. You know, they didn't take part. They were only SWAC school who didn't. Uh, you know, I mean, who knows? You know, that might affect the way, you know, that some recruits may, you know, look at their school. You know, all the other schools are playing. Why are y'all not playing? You know, it might 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 be interesting. So might help you all in a, in a matter. Uh, we need Coach O to stay at SU uh, as long as possible. Uh, he changed our program around after it fell apart for a few years. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I mean, he was the interim coach. Which was amazing. And that's the that, look, shout out to Southern University who realized that they actually had something there, you know, didn't allow him to go out there and coach at another school. And how how hurt would you all be if you know that you had a coach of this caliber in, in, in on your campus? And all of a sudden, you know, he go coach somebody else and he, and he has success there. I mean, you all will, will be upset. But shout out to Southern University who realized that they actually had a talented coach. And a leader of men. I mean, this guy is man, this guy is a leader of men. I mean, every time I, I hear him talk, I can see why a guy would want to choose Southern University. I I know why people would actually want to uh, go to Southern University. You know, because this guy, uh, you know, leads these guys. He leads them. He's a you know he's a leader of men. And if if you're uh, you know a player, your high school player, and he comes to your house and he tells you why you want, you know, why you should come to Southern University. Uh, I see why those guys show up. So shouts out to Coach Odoms doing an outstanding job at Southern University. Uh, We're going to stroll down a little bit. Uh, got my frat brother, James Sanders, says, what up, TJ? The swag about to get rough. Well, you know, I mean, you know the old saying, right? Uh, Jamie G is always rough in the swag, you know, but I think it's about to get rougher. And, and I have to say, man, I'm so happy that the SWAC, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, is getting some shine. You know, it, it's 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 beautiful to see. You know, being a fan and 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 going to the games and 
you know, watching these games on television, there's so many talented individuals. Like I think about a couple of weeks ago, you know, I saw Jackson State take on Alabama A&M in a kill glass. You know what I'm saying? Like I seen a quill glass go out there and just completely dissect Jackson State's defense. This guy accounted for seven touchdowns. Now, can you imagine like if this game wasn't on television, but somebody that probably didn't know who a kill glass was, I mean, they probably looking at social media, everybody talking about this guy, and all of a sudden they turn their TV on, and who knows? Now he's going to be on somebody's draft radar. You know, probably he probably wasn't on their draft radar. And so many other players out here that are, that are, that are balling out. You know, people like Jordan Lewis out there suddenly. You know, a lot of people probably didn't even know the guy was leading the nation in sacks. You know, probably some people, you know, if they're doing their due diligence. But this shines a light on some of those players that – that deserve a shot, that deserve to hear their name called on draft day. Now, I'm happy that you have guys that, that come from the swag and they go to the NFL and they go as, you know, undrafted free agents. And that's fine. You know what I'm saying? You go out there, uh, you go there with a lunch pail mentality to training camp, you'll make a team. And that's fine. I mean, we've we seen people, you know, who make the team, you know, by going out there, represent HBCUs through training camp. But I think it would be such a good look that you you see commissioner roger goodell you know call a, a person from the swag's name early you know like that would be a great look so I, i'm happy that the light is is shining on the swag and and people can say you know about talk about Deion sanders and all that kind of stuff i know people from rival schools they poo poo on the matter but regardless like it's bringing attention to swag football now i'm not saying that swag football you know, hasn't had talented players. What I'm saying is Deion Sanders, who is the Michael Jordan of cornerbacks, comes to the swag. Of course, he's going to get attention. And regardless of if your school been shining and been good, you haven't really been under a wide, you know what I'm saying, a wide telescope. They, they, they weren't able to see you. But with Deion Sanders in the building, him bringing his notoriety, his cachet to the swag, now – on top of possibly Jackson State getting better, the teams that already have talent, they will be seen even more. So I know it's going to be it's going to be rough, man, because to me, I, I just feel like now that Deion Sanders, if he goes out here, let's just say in the fall, they come out and they have like a, a lot of recruits and they're extremely talented. That's going to make those other coaches go out there and go that extra mile. You know, sometimes, you know, we 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 kind of become complacent like we're happy where we are we're okay with just recruiting these type of guys but you if Dion started recruiting some of these top tier guys it's going to make other coaches be like man I can do that too because I mean just look at some of this talent that they actually have watching the Alabama A&M game watching all these talented wide receivers at all these different schools at the Southerns uh at the Gramlins uh at Jackson State you know, like this is this is wonderful to watch. And these guys are going to get opportunities. And not only that, it's going to make everybody, you know, up their game. I mean, we see what Tennessee State did, right? Tennessee State went out there and got Eddie George. You know, you got uh, Hugh Jackson as the offensive coordinator. Uh, two well-known guys, right? Hugh Jackson, a well-respected head coach. You know, he wasn't as successful as a head coach as he was as a coordinator. But every stop that he went to, but the exception of Baker Mayfield, every player <laughs> respect him. You know, so, 
Uh, that, that's what I'm talking about, raising the bar. That's what it's all about. Uh, what's going on with the swag? Um, Jerry, uh, this is the State of Swag podcast, man. This is a new podcast uh, that uh, that we started. You're part of episode number one, and we're going to be covering the Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, football, man. That's what we're going to be doing, the swag football uh, games we're going to be covering. So if you're interested in swag football, man, HBCU football, uh, we hope that you subscribe to the channel. You know, that's that's available. And uh, you all, even though we are not going live there on YouTube, you can check it out. You can go to YouTube.com, search State of the Swag, okay? State of the Swag podcast. Uh, Coach O says, if after we faced Jackson State a few weeks ago on ESPN, people finally uh, got to see how good Southern University is. I mean, that's true. But I will say this. Southern had an opportunity they got an opportunity every single year to play on national television. They got they got an opportunity to play on NBC, right? You know what I'm saying? Every single year, for as long as I can remember, as long as I mean, I can I can pick myself up on my grandmother's uh, entertainment center and, and look at the TV. They've been on. Uh, so, but at the same time, I just feel like people kind of take those games for granted, which leads me to my next point, and. I get back into the whole Bayou Classic thing and, and what Coach O said, but man, we got to get better with some of the technology in these swag games. My goodness. Why is it that every time we have a swag game, there always seems to be audio issues with the ref? Like, why can't I hear holding or pass interference? Why the, 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 the first down? Like, huh? Like, why, why, are we, why are we taking breaks because the chains are broke? Like, come on, man. Like, we got to do better than this. I, I understand that it, it's not what a lot of people consider, like, top-tier football. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to say that it's not good football, but you know what I'm talking about. People look at LSU and Clemson and, and Florida State and, and Alabama. They look at these, these schools differently. They look at them differently, man. And they're not sending a creme de la creme out here. They sent in a young intern who probably had about five opportunities at holding a camera to be the cameraman at some of these games. Why is it that Jackson State and, and Alabama State and, and Southern and Grambling, why we can't get some credible cameramen? Why we can't get some, some credible uh, technical guys? Why we can't get some guys that are good in a truck? Huh? Why are we getting guys that probably was an intern at Ohio State and now, you know what I'm saying, he's probably working in Bristol as an intern and they sent him out here to Jackson or they sent him out there to Montgomery. Why are we doing this, man? Why we can't get the creme de la creme? Why we can't get the guy with the salt and pepper on the side of his head who's been doing camera work and been doing audio for the last 50 years? Why we can't get that? I would love that. I would love to hear holding, pass interference. I mean, that stuff matters, folks. You don't believe me? For all my State of the Saints podcast uh, viewers out there, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing get us more in our feelings than us hearing a refs unjustifiably calling a play that was not right on the New Orleans Saints. You talking about high drama, okay? But it's hard for me to get into the game when I'm here. Uh, 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 first down. Like, come on, bro. Come on, man. Give me some better cameraman. Give me some better chains. Give me some better audio. That's, that's all I'm saying. Am I, am I wrong, folks? Don't we deserve better? You know what I'm saying? I don't think raising the standards by going and, and talking to four and five star athletes, I don't think it just applied to them. 
I think it applies to the cameramen, the, the chain holders, the referees. Come on, man. We got to do better. We got to do better, folks. I, I ain't feeling it. I, I, I am not feeling stopping a game because I got to fix the chains. Huh? Like, what are other chains at? Okay, if that one broke, let's go get the other one. What are we doing? Football, you know what I'm saying? Football don't feel right. Why am I out here chasing a football down and telling fans to throw it back? Come on, bro. Come on, man. Give me a break. Let's get better. Let's get better, man. They, they can do better. Because pay him cheap money, TJ. Look, I don't care if they pay him a night. All I'm saying is we got to do better. We got to do better, folks. That's all I'm saying, man. I, I want I want better technology. I want the creme de la creme. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like it's not fair that you do that for all these other schools. Why not do it for HBCUs? And the only logical explanation I can come up with is they don't want to. Facts. Melba says, right. We need better technology in the swag. Absolutely, man. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the refs in general in the swag are bad. Yeah. You know, especially, I don't know what it is. I don't know if they just feel like, okay, we're on national television. We got to make all the right calls. But it just seems like on these nationally televised games, they're being too involved in the game. I don't need to know who the ref is. If I need, if I, I know what your face looks like, you're doing way too much, right? Sometimes you got to let them play, man. You got to let them play. You, you got to have a good feel on the game. And a lot of them don't. A lot of them don't. You know, like every little play, every ticky-tack call, they looking, analyzing. You know, like, come on, man, let the guys play. You can literally call holding on every single play. Somebody is going to hold on every single play. You got to let the guys play. You got to let them play, man. You got to let them play. But let's go ahead and move on, man. I got to talk about my alma mater, Jackson State University. And I, I got I to gotta tell you, folks. I, I got to tell you. Um, I've been listening to Deion Sanders. I've been listening to Coach Prime for, i say, a couple weeks now. And I have to admit, man, I, I am not very happy at some of the press conferences that Coach Prime has been giving. Um, on one hand, I can respect his honesty. Uh, I, I, can, I, can res I can respect that. You know, I, I like the fact that he don't sugarcoat things. From one person that don't like to sugarcoat to another, uh, but at the same time, I feel like it's different, right? Like it's like talking about your brother, right? You know, what I'm saying like let just say your brother get on your nerves, right? He, he made you mad, he frustrated you, whatever. I'm tired of this dude, man. This old no good, low down, dirty. But then somebody else start talking about him, start raising your eyebrow, like, oh, wait a minute now, wait a minute now, I can talk about. Him. I got stripes. But you know what I'm saying? I can talk about him, but I got but you now nah, you can't. That's the but I feel like it's the complete opposite in this regard. Because when Deion Sanders first came to Jackson State, he was like, he's going to, you know, turn these guys to men. He's trying to groom men. He's trying to empower these guys. He's trying to build confidence. And then all of a sudden, you start winning and everybody start patting you on the back. You know, everybody happy. You, you know what I'm saying? You're wearing your prime chain out there and, you know what I'm saying, and all that kind of stuff, the glitz and the glamour. And all of a sudden, you lose three straight. And the next thing you know, 
is everybody's fault but the coaches? Is everybody's fault but yours, the players? You know, to me, you cannot, as a head coach, go on national television and insinuate that your players are not smart. That's what he said in so many words. He basically said to America that the players that he have aren't good enough to win and they're not smart enough to execute plays. Now, regardless to if that's true or not, you don't go on national television and degrade and demean these young guys. You know, like you make the necessary moves, rather it's, okay, you were playing before, but, uh, you know, you weren't listening, you weren't communicating correctly, you're going to go in another direction. That's the way you do it. But putting these guys out there, and basically, this is basically what you're saying. Oh, it's all their fault, but it's not my fault. Regardless, okay, I think we can agree. All these players that, that are playing right now, you didn't recruit these guys. So we're not going to completely destroy you because of that. But at the same time, you got to play with what you got. And at the same time, even if these guys aren't good enough, you should at least put these guys, one, in position to succeed, or two, try to move some things around. You know, like some what coaches do is if they got one guy that does one thing well, you know what I'm saying, they'll start scheming around that one thing that they do well. And then, you know what I'm saying, the next and the next until you actually get the players that can do a multifacet of things. But Coach Prime, blaming everybody, you know, like basically you have, I think, about three or four guys actually hit the transfer portal, one in particular with Jalen Jones. You know, like he ended up getting benched. You know, he ended up getting benched for the freshman. And, you know, like, I look, I completely understand, right? He's a four-star. He was a four-star recruit. He ended up going to Florida, didn't pan out, end up uh, getting, you know, end up getting recruited by uh, Jackson State's former coach. And the next thing you know, you know, like <laughs> he comes in and he was very pedestrian. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Jalen Jones. No disrespect to the guy. I just don't think that he was good enough. I think that it was a smart decision for Coach Prime to allow the freshman to come in and play. I mean, he had four touchdowns. And he really played okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, Alabama State put up 50, but Jack State put up 40. Okay, I can't I can't knock the young man for that. He put up four touchdowns. So I'm not mad at that at all. Jalen Jones, to me, I get it. The offensive line, I mean, they can't stop traffic with a stop sign, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, they can't hold water. You know what I'm saying? They can't hold water in a glass. But at the same time, I just feel like some of the decision-making that Jalen Jones was making in games, it, it just wasn't the right decision. He seemed like deer in headlights. Even the, the strength plays that they call for him, rolling out to the right, I mean, it, it just didn't work out. He is a guy, to me, he is a much better runner than he is a passer. I don't know if he needs to maybe you know change positions, go to wide receiver, maybe running back or something like that. But it just seems like quarterback just ain't for him. It is not. He does not make good decisions. His timing is bad. His rhythm is bad. And, and I can understand why he got benched. I, I really do. And look, we all know that, you know, Shadura Sanders is going to end up being a starter quarterback. He's the highest rated recruit in Jackson State history. He is going to start. 
he's been playing basically he's been having first team reps so all this stuff right here is just basically just you know man i mean it's just smoke and mirrors right now because none of these guys are going to start none of them you know what I'm saying? None of, the, none of these guys are going to start. It was irrelevant. And Jalen knew that. And maybe Jalen thought, like, well I, well, I can play a little better, you know, and maybe I can boost my stock when I do decide to transfer. But he just went ahead and decided to do so. But I can understand why he did, decided to do it before the season was over. It was quite frankly because of what Coach Prime said. And I get it. You know, like, Coach Prime isn't there to hold anybody's hand. He's not there to just tell everybody that they're great and wonderful and all that kind of stuff. But I do think that the role of a head coach is to build character. And I don't feel like you're building a guy's character by tearing him down like that. It's basically like you're placing all the blame on them and not looking at yourself. And you can't say in passing, oh, it's our fault. We got to do better. And then on the other hand, spend five, 10 minutes bashing your team. That ain't what it is, man. And also, you got to look at it this way, too. What about the players that you recruit that, let's just say, they start having bad games? What do you think they're going to think, right? If you're so quick to wash your hands with these guys right here, what makes them believe that you won't do the same thing to them to try to save face? All I'm saying is, even if you feel that way, even if you have that type of energy, you don't bring that energy to everybody so they can go out here and have these type of conversations just me having these conversations on the state of the swag podcast is an embarrassment to me and eventually that can that can actually draw teams away from their head coach and as a player especially if i feel like i'm on a bubble why in the hell would i want to go out here and give my arm and my leg for a coach that will replace me if, you know what I'm saying, if on one or two plays, I end up running the wrong route, or I slip down because I ain't have the right cleats on. We have to make sure that when we come in here, and I get it, you know, Deion Sanders is a great player, right? When you're great, it's hard for you to understand why other people can't be as great as you. I get it. But at the same time, you have to understand that you're building character. You're building these kids' character, and you should not tear them down at the expense of saving your credibility. Because, and I feel like it's totally unnecessary because everybody understands. I mean, all the people that don't understand are the people that have an emotional investment in Jackson State being a failure, right? If you don't like Jackson State, if you rolled your eyes because Deion Sanders is dead, you, you feel like, man, what is Jackson State? Why Jackson State getting all this credit? Why Jackson State getting all this shine? What have they done? I get it. But at the same time, like, you can't take you, – you can't put yourself up here and knock some of these other kids down and, it, it, you know, you, you can't do that. That's, that's not a good look. Not a good look at all. Uh, watch the Bayou Classic one year and audio is garbage. Definitely needs improvement. Roger, that is absolutely true, my friend. I don't know what it is, but they, they just got to get better. Uh, I've seen maybe four or five guys from Jackson State, including uh, Jalen Jones, said they were leaving the program. How do you feel about that? I mean, I basically explained that to you, boy, Jay. Uh, I, I completely understand. I completely understand why they're leaving. But, you know, I mean, he made it much easier. He basically 
made these guys leave more, you know, earlier than they probably anticipated because I mean, they still got one more game left. I mean, they were supposed to play today against Alcorn, but we know Alcorn decided to, <laughs> they decided to uh, sit this season out, you know, and everybody they play, they basically uh, give them a game due to forfeit. It was good enough for the first three games. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you weren't saying these things before. You weren't, you weren't saying these things at first. You know, you was all happy and stuff like that. Now, all of a sudden, y'all start losing. Oh, they starting to read their press clippings. Why? Why are they reading their press clippings? Who's giving them the newspaper? Huh? Who's giving these guys the newspaper? I'm just wondering. If a guy reading their press clippings, who's giving them the newspaper? Who is not snatching the newspaper out of their hands? I mean, you as a coach, you got to keep these guys motivated. As a coach, you are supposed to explain to these guys, you're never as good as they say you are, and you're never as bad as they say you are. Why aren't you saying this? Why are you not instilling this inside of them? Why are you enabling them? You're enabling them. You know, like no kid, no player is going to have this type of energy unless the coach allows it. You know, going back to the NFL, you look at a coach like Pete Carroll. They talk about how Pete Carroll allowed his players to be themselves. Why? Because they allow it. You look at, like, how some coaches don't allow to players to disclose what's really going on with them injury-wise. Why? Because they don't allow it. Players are going to do what coaches allow them to do. I mean, it's just like when we were kids, right? You know, like, you know not to go down the street or to a point where your mom couldn't see you from the porch because she didn't allow it, right? But if she didn't have no problem with it, you all up the street, you at the stove, you know what I'm saying? You at somebody else's house, you end up playing a Super Nintendo. I'm talking about from my generation. I ain't talking about some of you young folk out there. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's about what you actually allow them to do. That's it. So, Rip the paper out their hand and say, hey, man, nah, bro. Look, what y'all think? Y'all content? This season ain't over yet. Y'all still got this game. Y'all still got this game. Y'all still got this game. But it seemed like to me, you were just okay with that too. You high-fiving on the sideline. You rocking chains. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? That's that's who Deion Sanders is. He's always been that way. He's always been the fly, flashy, and cool guy, right? You know what I'm saying? I think his birthday is probably a day after mine. So he's a Leo. You know what I'm saying? I understand a Leo's you know, Zodiac sign, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. But at the same time, you got to make sure that you focus on these guys. You got to make sure that you, you these guys have your undivided attention. So anyway, man, look, that's what we're going to be talking about. I heard somebody just put the, the score of the Alabama A&M, Alabama State game, 17 to 14 at halftime. That's, that's going to be a close game. Always a good game. Always a good game. Uh, Shouts out to my brother-in-law. Uh, he actually went to Alabama State uh, back in the day. Um, yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting game, especially what's on the line right now. The SWAC championship is on the line. You know, both of these teams right now, they're playing some really good football. Uh, Alabama State has had a really good, solid running attack over the last couple of weeks. They've been utilizing it. Uh, Alabama A&M uh, has some of the best wide receivers and the best quarterback in the SWAC. I don't even think it's a – I don't even think it's a tie. It's a foregone conclusion. I don't think anybody right now is better than a kill glass. Okay, I'm talking about is actually playing. 
I don't know what Sadura Sanders can do. Haven't seen him play yet. Know he's highly rated. But as, uh, all I know is I see the kill glass play, and I'm hoping that the New Orleans Saints, my favorite football team, actually watched it, okay? <laughs> because I want to see this dude play on Sunday. Somebody is going to get this guy in the right system, and he is going to be magical, man. This guy already got all the tools, man, that you need. And he he does a lot of things that you don't really see swag quarterbacks play, man. I mean, uh, do a lot of these, a lot of these swag quarterbacks and one read quarterbacks, right? You know, if the play goes to number 12, they're throwing a number 12. This guy in a pocket, reading through his progressions, you know what I'm saying? Finding guys open, throwing guys open, back shoulder phase, like, huh? What? My goodness. My goodness, man, it, it was it was amazing to watch. Uh, but man, so many, so many teams in the swag. Uh, I guess I gotta address this before we get out of here. <laughs> gotta talk about Mississippi Valley State, man. I gotta talk about Mississippi Valley State. Uh, apparently, uh, I don't know. Uh, I seen a video by a comedian famous Amos. Uh, some of you probably know who famous Amos is. He's the guy who mostly be on social media. Uh, dancing in weird places, dancing on the back of a truck, uh, dancing uh, on a bus, uh, you know what I'm saying? Dancing in just random places to the song, I, I Bet You Won't, you know, by by Trio, Trio Family. Um, look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, he was talking about Mississippi Valley State, and he was talking about how Valley uh, wants to change their names uh, from the Delta Devils because... <laughs> Because they feel like them being affiliated with the devil is causing them to be a losing football team, a losing school. They feel like that's the reason why all these years they have been losing. They have basically been the basement dwellers of the swag. All right. Uh, <laughs> first and foremost, Valley, your name has absolutely nothing to do with why you suck all right it has absolutely nothing to do with it uh first off i i just have to say first off i just think that the reason why you're not good is because you can't recruit all right you, nobody wants to come out in the middle of the trees okay in the middle of nowhere you know what i'm saying you gotta move you gotta move a, a tree with a stick you know what I'm saying? You got to use binoculars. You got to canoe across some water in order to find valley, first and foremost. Number two, you're just not good. You're terrible. It has nothing to do. Who cares? Your, your team can be named the Delta Devil. Your name can be Lucifer. If you out there and you recruit good, you are going to win football games. But ain't nobody checking for no valley. Okay, nobody checking for you. Nobody wants to come there. Nobody has any interest of coming there. Your facilities suck. Shouts out to my homeboy, Mike Walls. You basically have the visiting team under a pavilion with about 50 chairs next to a women's and men's restroom. And do you actually think that somebody coming to a school with their sons they walking around Mississippi Valley State University. They get out there to the football field, and all of a sudden you show them your facilities, and it looks like somebody's nine-year-old birthday party. Do you really think that anybody would be interested in coming there? 
First off, you got to fix your dog on facilities. Number one. Number two, make your school appealing, okay? You can keep on, man, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, Deacon Jones, Deacon Jones. That's all cool. That's all good. That's fine. But don't nobody know who no Deacon Jones is that's, that's a recruit in two, that was born in 2001, 2002? You know what they think who Deacon Jones is? They think Deacon Jones is the first deacon, the president of the deacon board and Mount Zion Baptist Church. That's who they think who Deacon Jones is. You know what I'm saying? Like some people probably have a hard time even understanding who Jerry Rice is. A lot of these kids, you know, they wouldn't even thought about when Jerry Rice was playing. When Jerry Rice was about to retire, some of these kids weren't even born yet. What I'm saying is you got to make your school more appealing. It has absolutely nothing to do with your name. I I'm just trying to help you. Some people probably think that I'm just hating on Valley because I went to Jackson State. It has absolutely nothing to do with this. Anybody that follows me knows that regardless to what my allegiance lie, I tell it like it is. And I'm just telling it like it is. Nobody checking for no Valley. I have been to Valley on several occasions. I have been on the football field of Valley. And let me tell you something. It is not all that, okay? That is the reason why you guys can't win any football games. That's the reason why you only won one football game against Jackson State since 1995, okay? That's the reason why, because nobody wants to go there. Make your school more appealing. Make your facilities more appealing. And more people will want to go there. Okay, but until then, you all are going to be the basement dwellers of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, also known as the SWAC. And you won't get any sympathy from me because I enjoy putting the letter W every time I see the schedule for Jackson State and I see that we play Valley. I love putting the W there. Now that I'm being petty, but besides all the rest of the stuff, you know what I'm saying? Besides that statement right there, I'm just telling you the truth. Nobody wants to go there until you fix your facilities, right? It, it just is plain and simple. I feel like every other school has an opportunity <laughs> to turn a corner except for Valley because Valley can't seem to get out of their own way. It seems like they really just don't see it. They, it's like they don't understand it. It is like they don't see it clearly. I, I, I talk to Mississippi Valley State alumni all the time, and for some apparent reason, you know, they they act that they, they tell me, they say, TJ, I don't understand why we can't get any football player, why we can't be good. Really? Do, do you really not know why? I mean, come on. I mean, give me a break. Stop it. Cut it out. As long as you are okay with mediocrity, you're going to get mediocrity. As long as you play as <laughs> substandard conditions, you're going to get substandard results. It's just plain and simple, man. You know, I mean, it, it's good. You know what I'm saying? I, I must say, I, I got to give them some credit. I mean, they, they they can really tailgate out there. They love their school. They love it. You know, you go out there, they tailgate, and they're having a good time. Uh, you know, I mean, you see a whole bunch of green out there. People be repping, going hard for Valley. Uh, I, I've never seen so many delusional uh, football fans in my life, but um, 
they tailgates be off the chains, man. So shouts out to them in that regard, but y'all got to do better. But I want to say thank you all for checking out episode number one of the State of the Swag podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Swag podcast. I had to say that slow because I don't want to say the State of the Saints or whatever. <laughs> but make sure you subscribe to the channel. And if you're a Saints fan, check out the State of the Saints podcast. And if you liked and enjoyed the first episode of the State of the Swag, go ahead and hit that thumbs up. Go ahead and get that thumbs up. Hit that like button. Let me know how you feel about the show. Let me know if you enjoyed it. And also, uh, previous episodes or the first episode will be available on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio and Anchor FM. Let's make sure that the State of the Swag is just as successful as all the other podcasts. This is going to be fun, man. This is going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy this, especially if I get to talk about Valley. (laughs) But thank you all so much. Till next time, I'll see you down the road.